And now, with the 27th Annual Pitch Awards, we have the best local podcast. <clears throat> Hand me that envelope. Thank, thank, thank you so much. And the best local podcast in Kansas City is First Issue Club. Oh, oh my gosh! Thank you, thank, uh, thank you so much. Give, give, give it to me. Okay, thank you. Oh my gosh, it's. Oh my, I, we didn't think we'd ever make it here, folks. I, I gotta say, we are just honored and uh, over the moon. I'm a little shocked, actually. We had some pretty tough competition. Uh, a lot can be said for Russian bots. <laughs> Am I right, everyone? Am I right? Oh, boy. Okay, so, uh, guys, this is just too much. When we started this 10 years ago in a meager little fudge shack, we didn't think we'd ever aspire to anything like this and winning the 2018 Best Podcast Award from the Pitch Magazine. Uh, they're giving me the wrap-up music, so uh, uh, thank you, and uh, let's just do this thing. Let's get this podcast started. We won! <laughs> we won Best Local Podcast in Kansas City. Uh, we are as shocked as you. Uh, but very appreciative that you guys voted for us. Uh, we have a lot of big plans for next year, 2019, the end of 2018. And as we found out today on the news, I think climate is going to only allow this Earth to live until about 2040. That's not great news for anybody. Is that real? Because now I'm like having a problem. Yeah, I didn't know that was real either. Well, it's going to be significant. Life is going to be significantly worse then. But we have the anecdote, and it's our podcast. Right. So, yeah, you could just. You I could, don't know that I'm capable of recovering <laughs> right away. <laughs> you could party. Is that real? Uh, it's pretty real. They're uh, trying to dispute the science a little bit, but you could party sure. with our podcast up until the oblivion, and it's gonna be. It's gonna be. be I'll tell you this. It'll be better than any uh, high dose painkiller you would have substituted for that same feeling. Yeah. Well, hopefully by then we'll all be living on Mars with Elon Musk. Yeah, <laughs> I think that in all reality that we're just fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Okay, so let's get this podcast started. Oh, boy. Uh, no, we don't have to have that in there, but I was. That was tormenting me. Mike, would you like to join us? <laughs> Grim. Well, we have an actual episode to get to today. Issue. Not, if, no. if, if you can believe it. <laughs> They're called we, episodes, not issues. I know, yeah. I, was, I, I meant to okay. f- correct that. Flip it. Spin that. Reverse it. <laughs> Put your thing down, flip it, and reverse it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we have an episode, and uh, the books that we're covering are... Today we'll be talking about Blackbird on Image Comics, Juke Joint on Image Comics, and Dead Rabbit on Image Comics. Ooh, Image, you treated us this week. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Image. We went all indie, all Image, all the time. Who do we have in the club today? And we read a comic called Dead Rabbit, where a vigilante is wearing a mask that is more or less a dead rabbit. Would you call him a vigilante? Also a bank rapper? I think he's just like an anti-hero. He's like a modern-day Robin Hood. Okay. Except he steals from the rich and the poor. So if you had your Robin Hood mask, what would it be? This is Greg Lichtai, and I would just go for the tried-and-true ski mask. Eyes cut out, mouth cut out. No messing, no messing around. I don't need any flash or any 
popping circumstance. Would it, would you paint a little mustache? No, or? no, just a just a, a classic ski mask with the eyes and the mouth cut out. Why do you need the mouth cut out? I don't know. You might want to come across like an ice cream store or a pizza place. Oh, you <laughs> need something you to eat. You got to eat Cliff Bar. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I can't tell you how many classic mix-em-ups come from a robbery or a heist, and you try to say something, you don't have the mouth part cut out, and it just sounds like what? What do you want? What? What do you want? You got to pull up the mask. Say, give me all your money. Oops, your face is exposed. You're in jail. You've thought of it all. Thought of it, brother. I've lived it. <laughs> I served 15 years in the pokey. Okay, this is Budget King, and my mask would be the face of all my victims. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Straight up Ed Gaining it. So you're killing people <laughs> yeah. in this scenario. Or is it just a mirror? Um, <laughs> oh, oh, that's really good, Whew. actually. Why um, did I rob myself? <laughs> <laughs> I meant to say my victims' victims. So. Uh, Go on. <laughs> so I I do I case them and then if they've killed anybody, I w- I put their faces on my face. <laughs> you so find you, the body. So you find a person first and then you research them <laughs> to see if they've killed someone. And, and hopefully they have. <laughs> then I wear the faces of the people they killed, and then I rob them, and give to the poor. Got some bad news for you. <laughs> Sounds like you're the villain in this. <laughs> Those people are dead, though. You're def- oh, that defacing. makes it hella better. <laughs> Defiling. Yeah. De- and defacing. Yeah. Both. <laughs> My name is Caitlin, and I think I would just choose a like a a spa mask. <laughs> I could do different ones. It would be like <laughs> giving a little something back. Self care, you know, while I'm going out and making a living. Like a like an exfoliating mask. Oh yeah. Or any kind, really. Charcoal, like, just run the gamut on those masks. Mm. And you're doing double duty. Yeah. Taking care of yourself and yourself. Yep. I'm Mike D, and I think my my mask would be, like, a microphone ball at the end. You know, like the... Yeah. Yeah, part of the covering of the mic. I would just put that around my head. I think I'd get off on the idea that my name's Mike and my <laughs> disguise is Mike, so everyone would know me as oh. the Mike. Ooh. I like that. It's my secret identity and my real identity. <laughs> Let's get this bucket started. <laughs> <laughs> Can you do a little quicker? Yeah. <laughs> it's a little, a little, a little quicker. <laughs> Nailed it. First up, we have Blackbird from Image, words and art by Humphreys and Bartell. Nina is our main character here, and she believes in paragons and magic so bad, she almost wills herself to become part of that realm. She's crashing on her sister's couch, really leaning into a pill addiction and blaming other people for her problems in general, but she really just wants to escape at the heart of that. Um, she's had some bad things happen in her life, and escapism is probably at the core of why she's delved so deeply into this magic and paragons, which are these wizards who have these magical abilities. Is that enough? Yeah, I think that's totally think right. just stopping it there? I think that in a lot of ways I relate to this character because I wanted magic to be real in an escapism. And like I really identified with like the Lion, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe type of like mentality. And I think it is heartbreaking when at the end 
she discovers it and her sister sees that these wizards are real which she had not believed her in the entire comic book and they take her instead to the magic world we don't know why they take her though they could be killing her seems like a hostage situation going on yeah she's screaming at them though take me instead well she did find this cirque and she finds this symbol on this wall and things seem to be coming to speak to her individually Mm -hmm. and seeking her out so I don't think they're in any ways, casting her aside. However, it's may not be clear what their motive is for her yet. Yeah, well, I think we're led to believe that there's something special about her, right? Or at least her family. Yeah. Yeah, because... It's got them entwined in magic. There were some super real things that happened in this that we kind of touched on, like her pill addiction and things like that. And it made me really put myself in her shoes and think, like, if I saw this amazing otherworldly thing and then everyone like I didn't have anyone to share it with that would totally drive me insane yeah oh yeah like I would be like there's other realms and uh, and you've seen it you just don't remember oh you would you would be obsessed with it and constantly chasing it it'd be a lot like being a flat earther (laughs) (laughs) yeah I know this to be true I, I didn't really like how these heavy, heavy flashes from her past were, like, so gruff. Instead of being, like, this is heavy, this is dark, it was more, like, detached and gruff. Like, this happened, big deal, whatever. And I thought that maybe the book kind of subtly brought that to you from the addict's perspective, too. Like, she has totally detached because she is so obsessed with this world that doesn't mm-hmm. involve all the shitty things that have happened to her and all these things that she doesn't even like about herself. And it, it kind of does a weird, subtle thing for me in that, which I liked. I, I really like this book. It seemed like they put a lot in here really quickly. Does that make sense? Like, this this book could have been four books to kind of give it a better setup than just, like, boom, 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 boom. That's, like, my only critique of this book. It seemed too rushed. Like, nothing was really fleshed out. I get what you're saying. She has a very complicated past. Yeah. And in order to get us to the hook... In current day, they had to move through that stuff pretty yeah, quick. Yeah, like, uh, they... I'm sorry, were you going to say something? No, you're good. Well, like, so after she sees this magical being, shit goes bad for her in her life. Her her mom and dad break up because the dad's cheating. Mom dies in a car wreck. She becomes a pill addict and just starts living with her sister on her couch. Like, I would like to know more of that story a little bit of just, like... She has to shovel trash every night mm-hmm. at her bar job. Which, that's not a thing that actually happens at bar jobs. <laughs> People are pretty good at putting garbage into a dumpster. Also, the bartender's not normally the one who throws the trash back in. No, that's, no. like, the the. I think she was just saying, like, back. third time that it's happened this week. I don't know if it happens, like, consistently every night. It's a shitty bar. I would quit that job. Do we think she's cursed, maybe? That's all she I think has, so. though. She literally says that this makes is sense. all I have. Yeah. Yeah. I think, too, the the rushed feeling of the book like is worsened by the use of the narrative tool of her own inner monologue. There were times where I was like, this is taking me more out of it than it is engaging me with it because it's set, it was so segmented yeah. and so quick. Part of the problem that I have with this book, and this is not just to this book, but this happens a lot, is I'm not clear exactly what's at stake. Not that every book needs to deal with, like, the world saving or not, but I guess, like, so she, I guess her, her she's going to rehabilitate herself? It's like I a, think she just wants validation that this place exists 
and that she won't, she feels like she needs to be a part of it. Like, that's what's missing from her world. Sure, okay. And now... But, but let's say that happens. But what are the entities well, even doing? What's the game plan of, like, their involvement in earthquakes or... Yeah, like, I mean... Is it like a magician situation where it's just two separate worlds that... Could be. We're, uh, we're going to find out in hopefully later issues. You know what I mean? Yeah. With all the time that they spent giving her, making her dynamic, they could have given you a little bit of what's at stake in this world. I don't know. I'll, I liked this book a lot. I'm not saying I didn't. Yeah. No, I yeah. think we're being so critical I, because we did like it so much that we just weren't, like, we're really expecting a lot from this book. Um, oh, yeah. Okay, so with image books, they have a high probability of being optioned. What's the probability that this book gets optioned? I feel like the less that we're, like, crazy stoked on a book, the more likely it is to <laughs> turn into a TV show at some point. Like, I can't tell you how many things I was like, pass, this looks like it's going nowhere, and then it turns into a movie or something. Right. I will say that... Since The Magicians is already a TV show, this doesn't get picked up. Coming to CW in 2020, yeah. Aubrey, Pla- Aubrey Plaza stars in <laughs> Blackbird. This should be a segment we do for every comic book that we read from now on. Is How likely is this to be a TV show or movie? Yeah. I, think, I, I think more often than not we would get it wrong. You think so? It, some, of the yeah. recent, some of the recent ones that have come out have just been like, how, why? Yeah, right. Who the fuck? chose that when they yep. saw that the mall got optioned i was like the mall got the optioned. Mall. i the premise of that was so weak yeah how <laughs> that i couldn't even that. gets a, an episode just a single episode how it gets that much <laughs> next up we have juke joint also out on Image, Words and Art by Franklin and Color Art by Martinez. Mahalia is a is at the center of this book. She's a voodoo priestess. Um, she's somewhat in disguise. People know they can come to her for um, homeopathic cures and things like that, but her deeper disguise is um, at, as a madam at this local brothel where she also has an uh, underground, underwater like den of, of women. Her girls, the women that live there, help her do the work of uh, putting creeps, jerks, and perpetrators of sexual assault in their places, sometimes forever in death. Um, this book has a trigger warning for people who have experienced or been uh, survivors of sexual assault or domestic violence and abuse. It's because it it tackles that throughout the entire book. You find out that Mahalia was herself a survivor. You don't know her full story yet, but you see that she is connecting to the women that she kind of takes under her wing because they are all also survivors. Yeah. Yep. I don't think I've read a comic book with a straight up printed trigger warning and then hotlines in the before the book even yeah, happened. That actually mm-hmm. shocked me when I read that. I was just like, oh, we're doing this already? It was a bit striking. You kind of move through the rest of the comic with a whole different tone and attitude about what you're reading because it's been prefaced with something so serious. Oh, it, yeah. It also felt like, in some ways, it's like, am I reading a, a support group book? Like, it kind of felt like it was going to live up to this you know, metaphor or something that was like pre-established. Well, the the statement at the end of the book was interesting too because she says like... That was haunting, yeah. Sad. 
Yeah, it was. Um, this book deals with the supernatural hero and someone coming to save you. And she says, that's not going to happen in real life. Like, you've got to get help and get out of this situation. And it was like, God, that like, at, at, to some extent, it's like fun to read this and just think about like payback. Like these people are dirtbags who are abusers. Um, and it's it's fun to see that taken head on in such like a brutal way that this book treats it. But man, you get brought back to earth when it's just like there's nothing supernatural. There's nothing coming that's just going to like magically fix your problems. Ugh. Yeah. So this book has that tonality. The other thing this book does is it jumps gears. So like you're going, you're at first gear, and then all of a sudden you're at fifth gear, and somebody's getting their ball sacks ripped off and fed to them. <laughs> and then you're back in first gear. And you're back in first gear, just chilling, doing voodoo shit, you know. And then all of a sudden somebody's chin's getting bit off by a vampire. The other time that that happened was um, also tying into another theme I think this book might go into with it being ongoing is more for like the um, internal struggles for women in those situations. Maybe it's, it's depicting that in a way that people can identify if they don't. Cause I know that there's like relative degrees. People think I haven't experienced this because it's nowhere near like the bad stories that I've heard. So I, I can't, I've, you're going to discount that experience to some degree. So like putting that woman, I mean, she's obviously getting beaten by her husband and like he's, doing something beating or or doing something to their daughter but like her internal struggle being like I don't know what I want to do to this guy I know that I want him gone but he's the father of my child you know like and then she has these moments where she's like I don't know what I can do what I can't do in terms of vengeance or revenge but it shifts gears like that where she's like just going to this priestess and then all of a sudden he's like killed and he maybe is in a tree or something or he is a tree like did you? I don't know what we were supposed to take from that last panel. She, I don't either. She m- nails a magic, like a pouch that this woman gives her into the room. And then when the husband goes upstairs to see the daughter, the battered wife follows him up the stairs, opens the door, and there's just like blood spell splattered on the wall. The daughter's sound asleep like nothing happened. I don't think she knows. I don't think the wife knows what happened. No. Either. Yeah, it wasn't really clear. Yeah, I think there. This I might be getting this wrong. There may be like an old, wise tale of like, if you uh, do this kind of spell on someone, they they turn into a tree, and then they they become a part of the, like the the undead forest. So they have to spend the rest of their lives. Yeah, as but like I, I a think I think tree. as the last panel of the book for a book that was so gruesome, it needed to j- to not be that subtle, like the what you're describing, like this forest world. Like it, there yeah. needed to be some like nasty ass blood yeah after jaws get ripped off and ball right. sacks get shoved in mouths like <laughs> and it's been graphic uh, the whole time man. I mean. yeah <laughs> and these were these were this happened to men who we didn't get any backstory on no. like we didn't have a, a lot of reason to hate them just yet right like the guy that goes uh. blind you don't you, you don't know why they're making that guy blind the other guys the other people have hate a little bit of hate backstory but yeah, and I mean they're thinking, they're acting on things that are. Pretty, I actually kind of foul. I like it more if a little bit's random, if they're just like fuck guys in general. Like who cares? We're gonna kill them all. Well, it's certainly the. It's not fuck guys. It's 
Then they're not just like targeting. They're men. Pred- all predators. Yeah, right? just predators. I don't want to say that this book sets a tone for this is an anti-man. No, it's not at all. Book at all. That's, I was saying it would be more interesting to me if yeah. they were. If it was just like a Ocean's Eleven type scenario where all these voodoo women go out and just <laughs> hand it to sexual predators and assaulters. Yeah, this is a pretty. <laughs> this is a pretty heavy book. Well, the thing I, is, when I read it, I was like, "This is going to be a fun conversation because there's a lot of like nudity, partying, murder, magic, but the subject matter is so serious <laughs> that it's hard to just like have a joyful conversation about like how wacky it was." But it, and all in all, like the story's like pretty bonkers. I honestly loved this comic book. Yeah. Like, I loved the... I thought it used violence well. I, like, care about the story. I care about the trajectory of it. Um, the world building was, like, great and interesting. So... The fact that they're, like, cannibals that are, like, 100 years old. Like, I think we got an idea that they've been around for centuries, yeah. right? Oh, for mm-hmm. sure. God, the underground palace was, like, so fucking cool. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever? Do you guys ever fantasize about <laughs> killing or torturing <laughs> very brutally, like <laughs> certain types or, of people? Totally. I don't know that I fantasized about killing, but like for sure, slapping people around and putting them in hurt, like sure, that's definitely crossed my mind for some. Yeah, um, I have a hidden fiery hate inside of me. <laughs> Um, that I let out only in my dreams, which are sometimes nightmares. <laughs> oh. Would you Some, like to hear more? Sometimes, yeah. yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Evil cackling and giggling. It is, it, is, it is actually about control, though. It's like why it's such a nice fantasy. Is It's like I'm taking back control. I'm the one. That's in charge. I'm yeah. captain now. I do have a lot of I have a lot of anxiety born out of situations where I lack control. Yeah. That's I used to I used to be deathly afraid of flying and I've gotten a lot better at it recently. But that was one of my things where just like I can't do anything to make sure the pilot gives a shit. No. Hey buddy, uh here's some candy for you before mm-hmm. we take off. <laughs> You look good in those pants. Let's hope they look that good when we <laughs> land, huh? Can I ask you guys this? What do you think about the rise in, like, torture porn type stuff? Like, it mm. seems to me like th- those sort of things are way more yeah. prominent than they used to be. Like, okay, I'll say that, like, when comic books started, there were a lot of, like, Nazi beating right. sort of fantasies, but nothing like as grotesque as there is now. So I would even say more so ramped up in the last year, right? Totally. I honestly think that people in America feel helpless and they feel like their country has been taken hostage by a government that they do not understand and there's nothing they can do about it. And we are seeing some art come out, come about because of that feeling. Totally. Something's got to be driving all this, right? Yeah, I don't. I don't like it. I don't like the torture porn, like getting justice through, you know, have, giving them a taste of their own medicine. Because it sets a weird precedent. Precedent of yeah. just like, hey, this is okay. Like, if the rapist did something bad, you can kill him. Would you rather like, like you're just taking po- the police 
and the judicial system out of the yeah. equation. So I really liked like Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of one of those movies, right? Yeah. Like she just destroys that guy. But that's like, I mean, that's you've had characters like that for a long time, like Punisher and like people who are just, no one gets in my way because I am singular minded on. Well, I mean, wreaking havoc on people. Not just to for like this. bring this political again, but it's like there's no repercussions for some people. Like sometimes there's no justice, and so it's like mm-hmm. like this weekend with the Kavanaugh shit. It's like there's absolutely no justice there. No, he gets like. He gets to serve in the highest, like, job on fucking earth. I'm not advocating violence towards him, but I'm just saying, like, this, that's where those emotions come from. Yeah. No, you're, you're totally right. That's a great distinction to make very clear on this podcast that we're talking about, like, why are, why are people creating these sorts of things or want outlets in these sorts of ways? And it, it, I think you're completely right that they feel helpless in certain scenarios, so you fantasize uh, scenarios where you're hyper hyper in control Mm -hmm. and last up we have Dead Rabbit also out on image words and art by Duggan and McRae this book centers around Martin who is um, also known as Dead Rabbit, and he resurrects his criminal murdery persona after running out of money, caring for his wife, who's been suffering from one or maybe a variety of illnesses and conditions. It appears that he may have had, he may have a conscience now. It, you're finding backstory where he was stealing from good people and bad people alike, um, but now he's trying to make ends meet by um, just identifying people who could stand to lose a little and wanting to pick their pockets but not really having the courage to, and instead just, you know, Walmart greeting the day away, pretending that he's going out to golf so that he spares his wife's his wife's peace of mind, not thinking that he has to go and do that. The twist to this is that there's a lot of people who are not so happy with Dead Rabbit. I guess that's not really a twist if he's stealing from a bunch of people, but <laughs> um, he has got someone who looks to be pretty mean, pretty powerful, watching for him that finds out actually on the anniversary of the dead rabbit disappearance that he is back and um, is planning to get his own revenge. My question is, do you think that the people who are writing dead rabbit got really mad when Stabity Bunny came out? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like this comic is in reaction to (laughs) Stabity Rabbit. Uh, I loved this book. I looked at the cover, the name, and this, and the description of this book, and said "hard pass." And then I read it and fucking loved it. You said it "hard this, pass" because of the name in the cover. It was the scene where he was um, wiping himself, standing up, wasn't and it? And then talked about hemorrhoids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One, yeah. one of us. <laughs> one of us. I, there certainly was a one of us sort of uh, aspect to the our hero, isn't there? Like, I love that he's uh, had this crazy fantastical life but the picture we get of him is like very blue collar but in a tough spot um even though he's had millions i don't i don't think you get the idea that he squandered it like he wasn't irresponsible with it it was just that the medical bills of his wife were Mm -hmm. so fucking expensive 
Well, well the, that's what I think. That's totally. what I gathered. There were right? so many plot turns in this book, but they like all justify themselves with a couple panels. Like, oh, he's not a vigilante anymore, and he spent all his money, and he's taking care of his dying wife. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm there. He's still a vigilante. He can still like pull it off and like rob people and shit like that, even though he's like older now. Like, okay, I'm buying it, right? He just rescued a bunch of sex slaves, or is that right? Like child sex trafficking? Uh, well, he was yeah, identifying was. people by what they were buying yeah. at the store, saying, like, I already know that that's all you need to get rid of a body, so I'm going to tail this guy and try to keep him from doing whatever he's doing. And I think it was only when the guy came back a second time, and he's like, you're doing this a lot. Let's see what you've got going on. That scene was great, and I loved I know a lot of times in comics we have problems with inner dialogue because it can be corny and it's one of the only ways to like tell a comic book story yeah. is like through someone's inner narrative. But this one seemed very purposeful and well used. Like it showed his methodical uh, th- type of thinking, his knowledge in crime and the like world around Sherlock, him. Totally. Almost. Yeah, he's kind of mm-hmm. like a Sherlocky type character. And it was kind of cool that we juxtapose his comeback at the end of the uh, issue with um, like the 10-year anniversary of him disappearing and him being this kind of like uh, celebrity renegade type. How we talk about guys in like the 20s, like Jesse James or or those types. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's almost like exciting to see him come back. Like when you think about like re- Return of Superman or something, where you're just like, shit, he's been gone, and now he's like, he's like this otherworldly character at this point. So one thing we didn't get to in this was that his like his wife has a stroke at the end. Ooh, yeah, that's gruesome. And I don't know where that's gonna leave our hero because it seemed like his. The interesting thing was that the wife seemed like the motivation and push for the entire story. Mm-hmm. Like, she's why he has to watch his identity so he can protect her. She's why he's stealing money so he can keep paying for her care. Now, if she dies, what is what is his motivation or what does he have to lose? Does he? Just... So I also think that he gets off on... This like I think it's it is a thrill for him. So he he in some ways maybe he I, doesn't want to admit it, but I he actually enjoys thought it. that he was maybe I read this wrong that if he was a little bit like okay she's hospitalized so I get more time to go be me. Sure. I think it's gonna. I don't think she's gonna die. I think she's gonna be in a coma. Then he has to keep doing his job to pay for the medical bills. Okay. I was kind of thinking that, too. Well, not that, too, but, like, a few different ways. Like, if she does die, he just goes insane and actually becomes, like, a, like, just dead rabbit all the time. Or if he gets captured by these people who want to kill him, because that guy made a big point to say, like, we're not going to just kill him. We're going to make sure he's tortured, you know, and he's um, trying to get back to her because she's having all these problems or maybe hospitalized. Um, I, I mean... You know what? It could go a lot of different. It's kind of similar to Breaking Bad in a way, isn't it? That you've got this guy who's trying to take care of his family and gets to a point where maybe he doesn't have to take care of his family by breaking the law anymore. But he's like, this is who I really am, though. Like, I love this. Okay, would you consider the end of this torture porn to some extent? 
No. What do you mean? So we've got guys that have kidnapped and shackled women, and they're um, murdered right in front of us by Dead Rabbit at the end. And there's an aspect of that, right? I guess you're right. Yeah. I, you're right. Not completely out of the realm of torture porn. I oh, that's true. After you found him, he was just like, okay, now you all die. And he killed yeah. him. He did kill them, yeah, which was I found satisfactory. I yes. get that. Yeah. Ditto. To a degree, yeah. Uh, would you say this is a pick of the week? Pick of the week. Pick of the week. Yeah. Um. All right. This is the end of the podcast, and so now this is where we close out and say things, right? Correct? Was that good? Okay. This is Budget King, and I recently was in my basement looking around, and I found an SD card, and I'm going to play that now. <laughs> oh, well, welcome to the Pitch Awards, where some people have won things and some people have not. Let's uh, see what we have here. This is a winner of a podcast, and it's First Issue Club. Could you come up here and, and uh, talk? No, we can't, we can't, we can't. And we say, can we hire somebody? And the thank you man, and thank you man comes up, and he says, I'm so thankful for shit. I'm so thankful, I'm so thankful. Um, amen. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, boy. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, that's the end, 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 end SD card. End SD card. Folks, it's very late in the evening, and, uh... We all have children that have kept us awake for hours. And I just need to let you know that I'm not going to make it to the next episode because I have other things to do. I'm just kidding. That's not my outro. But <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> real for a minute. Uh, this is Greg Lichtai. Um want to say once again thank you for everyone that voted for us for Best Local Podcast in Kansas City. And I will show myself out. You can't take mine two I just weeks did. in a row. I two weeks in a did. row. Yeah, this is Budget King, and thank you so much, and I will show myself out. <laughs> this is Caitlin and Suck It, nerds. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm Michael DeStacy saying thank you, and also I'm Greg Lichtai signing off. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Uh.